welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. Amen. Luke 5 and 1. And uh, let me say before I read this, I kind of want to I want to kind of throw out a scripture before that kind of a kind of a when you tune something, you know, you hit a pitchfork and you get the tune and you tune into it. So I'm going to give a tuning scripture in 1 Timothy 4, 7. He says, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Now, usually we read that at a funeral. This is not a funeral. Amen. So I want to be able to fight a fight, the good fight. I want to keep the faith. And I want to finish my course. Amen. Notice he didn't say I finished the course or a He said my course. We all got a different course. I want to be able to keep the faith and fight the fight to be able to finish my course. Amen. Verse number one of Luke five. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of those ships, which was Simon, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little deeper from the land. So first in verse 1, the people pressed upon him. Then verse 3, he prayed him that he would thrust a little deeper out of the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Verse 4. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets. And Simon answered to him, saying, Master or Rabbi, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Now, that's a kind of blessing I want. I want that kind of, that net-breaking, boat-busting kind of a blessing. Amen? And if we were to point it in just, just purely carnal terms... Um, and just uh, monetary terms, it wouldn't it be nice to get a call from the banker saying you just got too much in this account? Now that's a call you want to get from the bank. Can, can we open a few more accounts because you just got too much in this account? We can't handle all of this. Amen. Now that's a that's kind of a monetary carnal equation, but I want that spiritual overflow in my life. Amen. And when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of fishes which they had taken. And and so was it also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were the partners with Simon, and said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Verse number 11 is our last verse. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. They forsook all and followed him. Amen. I want to teach tonight and talk about uh, this thought. 
And I hope I really, really do hope I get through with this. I think I will. With your help and the help of the Lord, I want to talk on the obedience that blesses others. The obedience that blesses others. I want to be a blessing to other people. Amen. And so I'm going to teach on the obedience that blesses others. Let's pray together right now. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for opening your word to us to bring us life and liberty. I pray that you would touch each person under the sound of my voice to not only hear but receive, respond, and react to your word. Lord, fellowship with us tonight. Strengthen us tonight. Bless us tonight. Challenge us and change us tonight by the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. Look at somebody and say, the obedience that blesses others. When we, re- I, I want you to take this, if you're, if you're taking notes, I want you to kind of put this down. When we respond to the calling of God, it not only blesses us, but it blesses those around us. By responding to the call of God, it not only blesses us, but it will bless all that are around us. Amen. Um, we, we, need, we need things to be reignited in our society, but it's got to begin in the church. And one of those things is, is common courtesy. Just, just common courtesy. Uh, it's, well, I mean, if it were common courtesy, we wouldn't even have to say it, right? Um, but, but we're losing things like common courtesy and common sense. I think, I think most people think common sense is a fragrance they sell at the store. Amen. Because uh, common sense ain't so common anymore. But we need common courtesy. Common courtesy is like a secret code of ethics that people use. Right? It's, nobody has to really sit down and grill you on this. You don't have to go to postgraduate school. Some things are, are just understood. You know, uh, like saying thank you for something. You'd be surprised how many people don't. They don't even say thank you. You'd be surprised how many kids won't say thank you. Right? And I know kids sometimes just innocently miss it and they're excited or whatever, but, but we, we need to be courteous in our life. And saying thank the Bible said that one of the, one of the um, marks to know that you were in the end time would be when they were unthankful. Not just, it said unthankful, unholy. Amen. So that lets me know that being unthankful is, is right there with being unholy. Amen. And so we, we need to be thankful. Uh, other common courtesies like holding a door open. <coughs> can, I, can I just drop my pet peeve real fast? It's not in my notes. Put that blasted buggy in the buggy cart. People just get their buggies, and I'm not talking about people that can't walk to put it in the container in the parking lot, but they'll take the buggy, they'll leave it in a parking spot and back out. That is one of my pet peeves. And if you do that, there's room at the cross for you tonight. (laughs) I just think, and I mean, I just think to myself, how selfish to just walk off and the one that gets me worse is when they leave them in handicapped parking spots. And I mean, I have got out. I have stopped my truck, jumped out before, not 
So they couldn't back out because I jump out and grab the buggy and I go push it in the thing myself. I want them to see, you know, you just stop somebody from being able to safely get out of their car. It's common. Take the extra 30 steps and put the buggy in that little metal corral. That's where it goes. I don't know. Somebody showed me a little uh, clip of somebody here recently that they go around the parking lots and they just video. They go up to people that don't put their buggies away and they go confront them. And I said, now that's a ministry. That's a ministry. That's a calling of God right there. Now, we've all done it a time or two, but it's not, the buggy is not put in its place just by propping the front wheels up on the curb. And I know we all get in a hurry, but here's what I can't help but think about. I can't help but think about a mom that's got two little kids or, or an elderly person that's struggling to walk, and they're having to try to find parking. They're trying to find a buggy. You know, just, and, and you know what? If you've got a free hand and you're a dude, just grab a couple of extra buggies and just put them in that corral anyway. Amen? It's just, it's common courtesy. Open, hold the door open for somebody. I've been jumped on for doing that a couple times. Open the door for a woman and they get mad. You think I can't open the door? It's usually the same one. They say, well, sh they say it's chivalry's dead. Yeah, because you're jerks. <laughs> the, the third wave, is, it's called postmodern or third wave feminism, is killing chivalry. Open the door for it, and it's usually the same one. It's got that bright pink or neon blue hair. And it looks like a tackle box blew up in her face. And she's the, got the shirt, I don't need no man. And I'm not doing, I'm not holding the door open because I think you're weak. I'm holding the door open because we were taught respect. And and I would and 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 so as a, as a thing of respect, I'm I'm holding that open for you, and I'm I'm saying you are valued. You're you're not less than. As a matter of fact, we are esteeming that virtue of and and that that you are a woman to open that door and hold it open for you. It's not because we don't think you're not capable, but hey. Don't let chivalry die, young men. Hold that door open for. Stand there a little bit longer and hold that door open for that lady. Amen. You you see a veteran, you hold that door open for him. I don't care how long it takes him to shuffle through that door. Hold that door open for him and make sure you say thank you for your service. Let somebody go ahead of you in line when you got a bunch of items in the in checking out at the grocery store. Man, isn't that going to hurt you? I, look, I get in a hurry. I think I live in a hurry. My, the motto of my life is, it'll slow down next week. You know, we get in line, and, and, and we have 30-something items in the basket. Somebody's behind us holding a can of dog food. Just go ahead and let them around. Well, they got four cans. Just, just let them around. It ain't going to hurt anything. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, knowing my luck, it'll be two long-lost friends, the cashier and them, and it'll be 30 minutes. Let them reunite. Matter of fact, just hum in the background. Give them some background music to reunite to. <laughs> but just be courteous, right? I'm talking about the obedience that blesses others. Just show yourself friendly. 
it'll help your own character. But even more, it's going to bless those that are around you. Is this okay tonight? Many times we come to church because we need something from God or, or we're doing our best to maintain our spiritual walk and that we can grow in the eyes of God. But there is a time when we need to be obedient to the Spirit of God to where not every time I come in is church about me. But it's about being obedient to the Spirit of the Lord so that I can be a blessing to those people around me. Amen. Amen. I don't always shout in church on Sunday or Wednesday or lift my hands and clap them because I'm necessarily in the mood or I just feel like it. A lot of times I'm doing that because I know there's somebody else in the room that is struggling. And if I can instigate them, if I can encourage them to worship the Lord, the Bible said that Paul and Silas were in chains, but at midnight when they prayed and they sang praises, that God loosed everybody in that prison. And by being obedient to God, they loosed the entire prison. There's no telling what you can loose in a service just by being obedient to the Spirit of God. And what I mean by that is we say, well, God didn't say anything to me. He's got 66 books that he said something to you. Matter of fact, he's got one little note in there that says, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. And it wasn't contingent upon feeling or mood or weather or time or pain or situation. It was just let everything that has breath praise you the Lord. He says, bless the Lord at all times. Amen. So we do that. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. All of these things, we're being obedient. We're being obedient. And by doing that, we can bless others. Amen. How many want to be a blessing to others? I mean, it starts in the house of God. It's hard to be a blessing out there when we can't be obedient and be a blessing in here, right? Amen. Shaking hands with somebody and telling them you love them. Amen. We've, we've gotten in this deal the last several months, and I love it, where we, we bless one another. Amen. And we're, we're, not, we're not there yet to the mark, but we're getting there. To where we see each other, we're just blessing one. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name. I bless you with health. I bless you with joy. I bless you with peace and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. So we want to be a blessing to others by being obedient uh, to the will of God. You know, the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. We focus a lot on sacrifice. And our sacrifice blesses others. But our obedience also blesses others. Amen. Let me share with you five principles of obedience to the Spirit of God. Amen. If you're, you're taking notes, you can jog these, uh, jot these down. I'm talking to you, Addison, because you're taking notes. Amen. It's part of her school project. Amen. Five principles of obedience to the Spirit of God. Um, and if our media team has these five scriptures, we're going to go through these. Number one is obedience of hearing the Word of God. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing how? By the word of God. So number one is obedience of hearing the word. Amen. We need to be obedient to hearing the word. We need to be obedient to that. I, 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 I don't belabor this point very much and I don't talk a lot about, you know, responding to preaching and things of that nature because this is a this is a word church you know nobody 
hardly if ever has to get up and go, does anybody like preaching around here? Would somebody please say amen? Amen. I've been in churches where it's like trying to preach in a library. And I'm not talking about denominal churches. I mean so supposedly Holy Ghost filled churches. And it's like preaching in a cemetery. Amen. I've been in some churches and I said, when the rapture happens, this church is going off the ground first. They will be the first ones raptured. And they got excited about that and said, man, we're the first ones to go. Wait a minute, how do you know we're the first ones going to go in the rapture? Because the Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. <laughs> Amen. And you are dead in Christ, honey. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I had a one of the one of the elderly uh, ladies in the church long time ago was testifying, and she said, "You know, all all the men are going to go to heaven first. We're all like, really? And she says, "Yeah, the Bible says when we get to heaven, there'll be thirty minutes of silence. So you know, it ain't us showing up." <laughs> she said, "It'll be the men up there for." She said, "Because when us ladies get up there, it's going to be loud." Amen. <laughs> She said, we're going to get up there and look and go, oh, look at that young skin. It's going to get, it's going to get loud up there. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So number one is obedience of the hearing of the word. Number two is obedience of faith. Romans chapter 16 and verse 26. It's the obedience of faith. If you'll flip over there for me. Amen. But now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophet, according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Amen. We need to be obedient of faith. And what that means is, is have that faith to be obedient to God. The Bible said they was made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Amen. I, I want us to be known for our obedience to faith. If God says it, I believe it. That settles it. Period. Full stop. He said it. I believe it. I'm going to obey it. Amen. Number three. Number three is obedience of surrender. Romans 6 and 13. Amen. Obedience of surrender. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. You understand what he's saying there by your member? He's talking about your hands, your feet, your mouth, your ears, your eyes. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So that means that we need to have an obedience of surrender. My hands need to do those things that are righteous and that are pleasing unto God. My mem that members means the body. My body is yielded unto the Lord. It is, it is surrendered unto the Lord. Amen. So number one is obedience of hearing the word. Number two is obedience of faith. Number three is obedience of surrender. Amen. And then there is number four is obedience of sacrifice. Romans chapter 12 and verse number one. Amen. Obedience of sacrifice. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, what? A living sacrifice, holy, 
acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. So we need to be obedient even unto sacrifice. What God is calling us to do and to sacrifice because we want to be obedient unto the sacrifice that God calls us to. Amen. Number five, amen, is obedient in service. Obedience in service. Acts chapter 26 and verses 19 through 20 says, amen. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Verse number 20. But showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. Amen. So we're going to be obedient to the service that God is calling us into. Amen. I love the way Paul said that I was obedient unto that heavenly vision. Amen. There, there is something God has called every one of us to into his kingdom and we need to be obedient in service. Can you say amen? And, and, and then now those are the five obedience, but, but, but there's a sixth, um, that, that, that kind of separate from that list that I want to focus in on. And there is that obedience of being a blessing to others. We have to be a, we, not we have to, we get to be a blessing to others. I want to be that person that, that when I walk into a room, amen, people are glad that I walked into the room, not people that are glad that I walked out of the room. I want to be a blessing to others. Amen. Uh, we, let, let me give you some facts about the book of Luke. Let, let's talk about Luke for, uh, for just a moment. Amen. Uh, Luke was a physician. He was a doctor. He was a very well-educated man. Um, people who are physicians um, are, are typically not uh, given to extreme, unrational outbursts of emotion or... Um, ridiculous thought they're very they're very thoughtful in everything that they do they're very thought out in what they do um you don't see them lose control you know fly off the handle that much because they have to be they have to be cool under pressure right you want a doctor that's cool under pressure i i i got a good doctor and i don't you know I crack jokes and he'll smile and he'll, you know what, but he never just like falls out on the floor laughing. You know, he's always pretty, pretty cool. And, and that's what you want. You don't want a doctor who, when you're in surgery, freaks out and says, I can't believe that happened. No, that's why you're getting paid is to believe it could happen and to prepare that if it did happen, you could fix it. Right. Amen. Uh, the word, the name Luke means luminous. It means light. That's what his name means. It's a luminous or light. He was a physician. His, his name meant light. He was light in darkness. He was luminous. Uh, the, the, the gospel of Luke, Luke was written by Luke somewhere between uh, 63 and 68 A.D., and it covers a period of 34 years. And within the 24 chapters of Luke's writings, parables, miracles, teachings, uh, and Calvary, they're all recorded and they're very detailed, such as Matthew's gospel. You, you see Mark's gospels dictated by Simon Peter. It's kind of a short, kind of an abrupt gospel. It's kind of, you know, it's right there. It's in your face. It's just, it gets to the point. That's kind of, Simon Peter was that way. Luke is a physician. He's very detailed. Amen. Matthew's a tax collector. 
He is an IRS agent. That, If I can bring it into modern. Yes, God can even save IRS agents. Amen. He was very detailed, meticulous in their recording. Uh, other gospels say of the woman with the issue of blood uh, would, would say that when she touched the border of his garment, she was healed. But as a physician, Luke took it to another dimension and said her, her blood loss was staunch. meant it was on a hold. But then he brought it to another dimension and said when she confessed it was her, then Jesus declared that she had been made whole. You see, he saw it from a physician's perspective. Amen. Luke describes Jesus as the Son of God. He describes him as God my Savior. He calls him the horn of salvation, a light to the Gentiles, a friend of sinners, good master, Lord of the Sabbath, and the glory of Israel. One of the key verses in the book of Luke is in 19 and 10. Luke 19 and 10, for it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. King in in that, putting a stake in that the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost, to anchor that point that in his obedience, he is being a blessing to others by seeking and saving that which is lost. Amen. Let's look at our text again in Luke chapter 5 and verse number 1. It says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Amen. I want to I point out that phrase, the people pressed upon him. I want you to look at that phrase. That the people would press to hear him teach and preach. They would press their way in because they wanted to hear him teach and preach. Uh, one of the gospel stories records of the man who was tried, who was brought by four of his friends in to be healed by Jesus. And when they couldn't get in the house because the press was so strong, they climbed up on top of the roof, ripped a hole in the roof and let their friend down right in front of where Jesus was teaching. And the Bible said he was healed because they were, they were not going to let the press stop them. I can't even imagine what that service was like. While Jesus is teaching, and he's not hopped up and red in the face and screaming and spitting out. He's just teaching and sharing the word of the Lord like I am. And all of a sudden, a little bit of dust starts falling from the roof. And I can see the homeowner getting embarrassed of all nights for them rats to start acting up in it. And then a little, a little bit of skylight punctures that roof and that ceiling. And, and all of a sudden, a little bit of skylight's getting in the room. And, and that homeowner's thinking, oh, no, them rats, they got their cousins here now. And it begins to open up until finally it gets, it gets about that big. And all of a sudden, I can see a head just poke down through there. Maybe he pulled his head back, Brother Chase, and said, two feet that way, boys. Or, well, in biblical terms, a cubit and half a span. <laughs> and they go punch another hole in the roof, and all of a sudden you see a head pop in. He's here. And they begin to uncover the roof, and they let their friend down, but they were pressed upon him. You ever been to a concert where it was sold out or a sports venue or it's packed out? You ever been to a church service or a convention where it was packed out, standing room only? This is the way it was. Amen. This is why we need God to bless us to the next dimension of, of this church because 
there are times quite regularly we'll see people poke their head in the back door. Guests will come in, they'll poke their head, they'll walk in, they'll look around, there's nowhere to sit, and they'll turn around and walk out because it's so packed they cannot find a place to get in on a Sunday. Amen. Well, I mean, to that I could say, well, if you were hungry for God, you would have stood there. And, and there's some truth to that, but there's also some truth to it gets hot up in here on a Sunday in the summertime. Amen. And, uh, and, 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 and so they press. They press their way in. Uh, the second thing about that phrase was they wanted to hear the word of God. They wanted to hear the word of God. I, I really do. I am I, I, so blessed, um, and we are so blessed to be a part of a church that loves the word of God, loves the word of God. Uh, our, our teaching and preaching by design is longer than the music. Right, and I, I, I've been to churches where I've I was telling somebody the other night. I think I was telling uh, Elder Middleton last night. We were talking, uh, or Monday night at the we had we had dinner, and we were talking about places we had preached and and how there, there's kind of a shift in a lot of the Pentecostal churches where they're taking on the identity of the secular church world where they want a good production up here and they want just a few minutes of preaching to kind of you know. It's like Instagram preaching. They just want it really quick, and but the production is on the music. Everything's about the music. And I told him, I said I was, I was preaching at a youth conference, and and uh, well, I can't say where because that would kind of narrow it down. And uh, had a great worship service, and uh, right as I'm about to walk up, um, the the youth president of that district, he kind of reached over and grabbed my sleeve. He said, "Hey, just so you know, you got." Um, you got about 25 minutes. We set aside 25 minutes for you. And I looked back and I said, have I not been so long with you? And dost thou not understand? I'm not even done reading my text at 25 minutes. <laughs> and I flew 3,000 miles to preach this thing. And I said, 25 minutes. This service has already been going an hour and 40. Now, don't you take up an hour and 40 minutes of the service with your fog machines and your laser lights and all your promotions and your production and then turn it over to the most important part where the word of life is going to be shared and then say, now, they had all the time they wanted, but you need to narrow yours down. And, and I mean, they're literally fixing to bring me up. And I said, 25 minutes? He said, yeah, if you can keep it within that. I said, I will do my best. I preached an hour and 15 minutes that night. I'm not kidding. I did an hour and 15 minutes that night. <laughs> what was even better is those young people were in the altars past 1130 praying and seeking God. And hey, that's not me. It's because people have a hunger to hear the word of God. Those young people get music. They get entertainment. They get shows. They get. Matter of fact, I walked up and I said, we, we need to turn the house light. I couldn't even see anybody's face. They, they wanted to hear. The, everybody say, hear the word of God. The word here in Greek is the word aku, and it means to give attendance. It means to give audience. It means to understand. That's what it means to give underst to understand, to give audience, to give their attention to. Amen. When we hear the word of God, we need to give our attention to the word of God. Amen. Because if we don't hear it, if we don't give attention to it, if we don't understand it, then we're not able to be a blessing to others by obeying that word. Amen. 
Praise God. The word is supposed to build us up. The word of God is supposed to build us up. Amen. But it's also supposed to break us down at times. It's supposed to encourage us and challenge us and lift us. But there's times that it, that it needs to break us down. And when I mean break us down, I don't mean humiliate. I mean it needs to break down anything in me that's not like God. Sometimes the word of God needs to make me feel uncomfortable. Every once in a while I need to hear some preaching that, that makes me go, ooh, I need to clean that up. I need to get that right. Amen. If you, if you can go to church for a long time and the preaching doesn't do that, that's not preaching. That's sharing. But, but on the flip side of the coin, it don't have to be that way. Every service, somebody bringing out a Louisville slugger, you know, beating your brains in all the time. That's not the will of God either. There's a balance to it. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Amen. It needs to bring those areas. Amen. And it's to break our flesh that our spirit can be strong so we can be a blessing to others by obedience to his word. Amen. Verse 2 of Luke 5. Amen. Let's walk through this. Amen. It says, and, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were, here's the key that you need to, if you're, if you're underlining in your Bible or on your iPhone or iPad or tablet or, or wooden templates or your marble, if you're chiseling it out, chisel and underline right here, okay? One of these days, somebody's going to bring a hammer and chisel and start hitting rock. We're gone out of them. This is the phrase I want you to pay attention. We're gone out of them, and we're washing their nets. So he saw two ships standing by, and the ships were idle. They were just sitting there. And Jesus picked Simon's boat. He didn't flip a coin. He knew what he was doing. He picked Simon Peter's boat. And they were washing their nets. They were just out there scrubbing their nets. They were done fishing. Amen. How many people out there are leaving their boats empty and not even cleaning nets? They're just walking away. Jesus found some people that were active. They were willing to keep on working when everybody else was going home. And then the Bible says, amen, that, that there, be, there came exhortation. You see, it's our job to tell people that their boats don't have to be empty. It's our job to tell people their boats don't have to be empty. And it's a good thing to clean your boat. Amen. Verse number three, he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and here's a phrase, we want to underline this, prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and, underline this, taught the people out of the ship. First, he prayed him to thrust out a little. The first act of faith was being required at that moment. I need you to push out a little bit more. Some people, you can't even mention the name of Jesus before they start trying to shut you down and shut down the conversation. But then there are others who know about the mercy and the goodness of God, and they'll say, I'll fold my nets for this, and I'll push out a little bit more. 
Amen. Then he sat down and he began to teach out of the ship. It was brilliant. He knew what he was doing. He knew how acoustics went across the water. He knew to tell them to go out just a, just a few feet or, or meters or cubits and spans. He knew how to push them out there in furlongs and get out there because he knew his voice would carry and he would teach the people. Jesus is sitting down, which is the common posture of Jewish teachers. He sat down. It was like an amphitheater. It was perfect for speaking. There was a small, cool breeze over the lake, and people began to gather on the shoreline. I don't know exactly how far out he went, but, but most will tell you he was somewhere between 20 to 50 feet from the shoreline so that his voice would carry out across the water and have an amphitheater effect across the water. And he sat down. And he began to teach them, amen, because he was setting down in the common practice of a rabbi, and he was teaching them. You ever wondered why, you ever thought how strange this was that a stranger just walks up and says, hey, push your boat out a little bit, and they did it? You ever thought about that before? That's kind of weird. I mean, somebody walked up to my truck at Walmart and said, back up 20 feet and let me sit down. I'd probably say, you know what? Have you had your medication today? Get in my truck, roll my windows down. What are you talking about? But here's the reason why they did it. Because Jesus identified as a rabbi. He wore the tallit. He looked, he had that, that's why they called him master or rabbi or teacher. He wasn't incognito. He wore the garments. They knew exactly who he was. And when the rabbi walked up to your boat and said, I'd, I'd like to sit down for a minute, you stopped what you were doing and you listened. Because for a rabbi to come to the common man was very rare. And for a rabbi to get on your vessel was unheard of. And they were willing to let Jesus on the boat. Amen. Let's keep moving. Verse number four, underlying this. Now when he had left speaking, that's the first thing I want you to take notice of. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out. That's the other one. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. When he had left speaking, after he preached, after he preached to them, amen, then he said, launch out and let your nets down for a catch. When he got done preaching, that's like teaching and preaching at church. When we're done preaching, there's still things to do when we're done. Does that make sense? He said, when he was done preaching, then he said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. If all we do is just hear the teaching on the boat and don't do anything else, it becomes void. The Bible says, faith without works is dead. It says, be ye doers of the word, not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. I think so many times that we get addicted to teaching and addicted to preaching and addicted to church and we feel so good while we're here, we get so caught up in it that we forget to go out and practice and we forget to be in a blessing to others by being obedient to the word of God. Let down your nets. That, that means taking control of the vessel and, and letting your ministry, let your giftings be a blessing to people outside these four walls. Amen? Praise God. You can avoid backsliding by being on fire and being obedient to the word of God and reaching. Notice they weren't concerned about the inside of their ship. Their ministry went outside the boat. Push out. Let down. We reverse it. We start throwing the nets on top of each other in the boat. Right? Don't worry, I'm almost done. 
Well, that's what we end up doing in the, in the modern church. Rather than letting our nets down on the outside to catch the fish, we just shout and throw nets on each other all service. Right? And there ain't nothing wrong with shouting and all that stuff, and we need all that. But we get, we get worked up in a move of God, and we take our nets, and Jesus said, let your nets down. And then we throw them over on somebody. And maybe they needed to be thrown in the net. Amen. Maybe, maybe they were backsliding or whatever it was. But Jesus said, take the nets outside the boat. Put them outside the boat. Let them down. Let them go deep. If you let it go deep, it's a lot of work to get it back up. Amen. But that's how you spell revival. W-O-R-K. That's how you spell discipleship. W-O-R-K. That's how you spell revival. W-O-R-K. So you let down them nets and you get those hands calloused. Get some rope burn. Pulling them things back up. Because it don't take a lot of work to throw a net over your neighbor's head in the boat and pull them to you. Amen. Verse 5, and Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have told all the night. Told all the nights. one thing I want to highlight. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Verse 6 says, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break. The, 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 the word master there is, is identified of a, 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 um, of a rabbi, but it is also in this connotation translated to mean perfect or or. It could also mean over, teacher, guide, rabbi. And so when he responded and said, Master, Master, listen, I know you know. You're a guide. You're a teacher. You're a rabbi. Uh, and in one connotation, you're a perfect one. I understand. But listen to my plight. How many times do we do that with God? The Lord says do something. Or you don't even have to say it to us audibly. It's in his word. And then we look at it and go, now listen, God. You know, have you ever had somebody in your life you wanted to just listen God moment with? Now, I know you said be kind, Lord, but just, just listen. You just got up in this boat, Jesus. I've been dealing with this sucker 22 years. So just listen for a minute. I know you want me to love him. No, 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 no. Just hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I know I need to be kind. I'm, I'm going to be kind. I just, need, I just need 25 seconds. Am I, am I talking to real people? Lord, I know I got to obey them that have the rule over me. I understand the, uh, submission and authority. But Lord, you don't know my boss. He's been in the boat with me a long time. Throw a net. How about a noose? I'm ready to get him out of this thing. Right? But listen. I mean, listen to Simon Peter. Lord, I know you're perfect. You're a guide. You're a teacher. You know more than I do. But I've been in this boat longer than you. And by the way, you're dressed and you're shaw and you're talit and all of this kind of stuff. I can tell you're a rabbi, which lets me know you've not been fishing very much. We've worked all night long. I'm ready to go to bed. Mama's got supper on the stove. While you were sleeping last night. 
while you were by candlelight reading your scrolls, me and the boys been out here working all night. We're tired. Ready to go to bed, man. Come back this evening when I've rested. Let me get some scrambled eggs and bacon in my belly a little bit. I'm tired. I told all night long. But he had a nevertheless moment. Nevertheless. We need to have more never. I think I preached something about this recently. We need to have some nevertheless moments. God, you know my situation. Or if I was back home, my situation. You know what I'm going through. You know I ain't got a minna. I ain't got no fish. I don't even, I don't even got seaweed on these nets. But nevertheless, nevertheless, I've told all night, I've worked hard. It can get very frustrating working. It can get very frustrating not seeing results when you are doing what you know to do. But let me encourage you, don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you shall reap if you faint. Just keep letting down the nets. Keep washing the nets. Keep the boat clean. I know you don't got anything to take to market. I know the bank account's running low. I know you're frustrated. I know mama needs brand new shoes and papa got a brand new bag. But I need you to know that if you will just stay faithful, doing what's right, your obedience will be a blessing to others. Don't, don't just walk away from the nets in the boat and say, I'm giving up on this. I'm tired of doing all this. Just do what's right. And when you don't know what to do, just keep doing what's right. And when you hadn't give, heard God give you any new directions, just keep doing what he told you to do the last time. Amen. Is this okay tonight? Y- y'all going to be surprised. I'm probably going to finish this tonight. Then he said, nevertheless, Peter gives the example here, responding to the word of God, acting through obedience, becoming a blessing to others. When they'd done this, the blessings came forth. How many people had food that day in the market because they just obeyed? How How many children, how many children had food the next few days because they just simply obeyed? Didn't do anything special. They didn't try out some new net. They didn't have any hybrid nets. They didn't try any new fancy fishing lures like I do when I go fish. I pull out like 20 lures. I just want to see them swim. I mean, I didn't do any of that. They just did what they were told to do. I know there's not a lot of glamour in just doing what you're told to do. But there's a blessing in it for you and others. Let me encourage some of you who, 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 who work a job that you feel is thankless. You're in a career where you feel frustrated. You don't feel appreciated on your job. You don't feel appreciated maybe in your home. Keep doing what's right because you're being a blessing to others whether you know it or not. Just keep doing what. Look at your neighbor and say, just keep doing what's right. Tell them just keep obeying God. Amen. Verse number seven. And when they had beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship that they should come help them. And they came and filled both the ships so they began to sing. When it said they beckoned to their partners, what that simply means is, uh, uh, in, in the Greek, it means they begin to make signals. You ever have to get somebody's attention with signals? Over here. I can't do it. Over here. I wish I could. I try. My dad can do it. Man, he'll pierce eardrums. 
Sister Barbara, do it, Sister Barbara. Hold your ears. There you go. Is that how you got your husband? Did you get his attention like that? If I could have done that, I might have married her a year earlier. I was trying to get her attention. <laughs> they were making motions. I want you to know you can't do everything by yourself. And God wants his blessings in your life to be so bountiful that you need your brother and sister to reap it. God wants his blessing in your life so strong that we need one another to help us actualize, materialize, and realize the blessing of God in our life. Amen. God wants to bless you so much, Sister Kelly, that you got enough tamales for all of us. Hallelujah in the church. Say glory a Dios. Hallelujah. God, God wants to bless you to where you need to help with that blessing. Don't get stingy with your blessing. You'll sink your ship being stingy with the blessing. Say, Pastor, I ain't got the problem. I got dried sardines from last week. You just hold on and be faithful. Keep letting those nets down. Keep cleaning the nets. Stay in the ship. There, there's going to come a day Jesus is going to step in your boat, and it's going to happen right when you least expect it. May not come when you want it, but it'll be there right on time. The old Southern Gospel singer Aaron, William, Aaron Wilburn wrote a song, said that, said, when he's four days late, he's always on time. You may feel like you're four days late on your miracle, but get ready to push the stone out of the way because he's right on time. Filled, it filled the ships. This is where obedience blessed others. When they had obeyed until their ships began to be full. I want the blessings of God in my life that lap over into your life, that spill over into your life. When I'm blessed, you're blessed. When you're blessed, I'm blessed. I don't want to be out on the sea fishing by myself. I want some boats within beckoning, beckoning distance. Now, if it's based on my whistle, stay close. Based on Sister Barbara's, you got room to get to the South Seas. Stay within signaling distance. I need you. I need you. You know what? Mm, how, how can I say this? Um, you need to bless somebody with a call, not always what's going wrong, but about when things go right. Can, can I just take about 90 seconds to be misunderstood? I'll risk it. If the only time you're calling somebody is to boo-hoo about everything that went wrong and you don't ever call them to ha-ha when everything goes right, you're going to find yourself in your own little ship and people rowing away from you eventually. Amen. We need that good report that makes the bones fat. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Lord, fatten my bones with some good. No, not, in, not my gut. 
my bones. Fat bones, that means strong. You ever somebody <laughs> say, oh, he's just big bone. No. No, those aren't bones. <laughs> oh, she's, she's not, she's not, big. she's just big bone. No. Bones ain't got nothing to do with that. <laughs> he's just got big bone structure. No. 582 pounds, bones ain't got nothing to do with it. I want some fat bones with some good news. I love it when somebody will shoot me a text or give me a call. And it's like, Pastor, I just wanted to let you know the blessings of God are in my life. I'm so thankful for the blessings of God. Calling, calling some random person in the church at one in the afternoon just, just to tell them, hey, I just, you know what? You've been an encouragement to me. I, I've been down the last couple of weeks. I saw you worshiping and it blessed my heart. And I just want you to know that I had a blessing today. Can you come help me get this thing in the boat? Come help me eat this steak. I'm on my way. Come help me eat this chicken. I'm on my way. Come help me count my money. I'm on my way. Amen. When Peter saw it, he fell down at his knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He fell down at his knees. It was a common posture of supplication. He had no doubt now of the power and of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. In his amazement, in his wonder, and in his gratitude, amen, he had, he had wiped away any doubt of who this man really was. God will bless you in ways that people will no longer doubt his hand upon your life. Amen. And I begin to close, Brother Lucas, if you'll come. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, or 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 through 11 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, or abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. I love verse 11. And such were some of you. But ye are washed. I'm that net he washed. You're washed. You're sanctified. You're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Henry Longfellow could take a worthless piece of paper, write a poem on it, and somebody paid $6,000 for that piece of paper. That's genius. Rockefeller can sign his name to a piece of paper and make it worth millions. That is capital. Uncle Sam can take gold or silver, stamp an eagle on it, and make it worth a dollar. That's called money. A machinist can take material worth $5, make an article of instrument that makes it worth $500. That's called skill. An artist can take a 50 cent canvas and paint a picture on it that's worth a thousand. That's called art. But God can take a worthless, sinful life, wash it in his blood, put his spirit in it, and make it a blessing unto all humanity. And this is called salvation. Would you stand with me? David said in Psalm 62 and 7, In God is my salvation.
and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. In verse number 9, now skip through it. The Bible says in our text that he was astonished. And so was everybody that was with him. You see, when you're in that connection with God, you don't have to fear. You can be at peace with what God is doing. Amen. Then at the end of it, it said in verse 10, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Thou shalt be a minister of the gospel. That's what he was saying. And your business now is not going to be to bring fish out of the water, but to bring men and women out of hell. You've got a higher calling in this life. I thank God for your career. I thank God for your job, your wonderful mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts and grandmas and grandpas and nieces and nephews and sons and daughters. I'm thankful for that. Thankful for your career, what you do. Amen. Now we got a sheriff's deputy in our church. Thank God for that. That's a calling. That's a calling. You better get some pool fast. Because I expect you to get rid of my tickets. Amen. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm totally kidding. Thank God I, don't, I, I haven't had any in a long time. Amen. Verse 11 said, they forsook all and followed him. Let me close by saying this. There is no price that you can pay that is not worth following Jesus at all cost. Listen to me. Noah blessed others by building an ark. He obeyed. Moses blessed others by his obedience and he delivered the Israelites out of the clutches of Egypt. Paul blessed others with his missionary work. He obeyed and untold tens of thousands were saved. The gospel and the doctrine of Jesus Christ is preserved 2,000 years later because he simply obeyed. Timothy blessed others through his pastoral leadership. David blessed others by obeying and being an example to be a man after God's own heart. And the apostles blessed others because they were in fellowship with Jesus. They were obedient to his commands and they were, in with, they were with one accord with one another. They honored the scripture. They prayed and were filled with the spirit. They continued steadfastly in the doctrine. They obeyed God rather than obeying man. And they counted it worthy to suffer for the gospel's sake. And because of their obedience, we have this gospel message today and we are blessed. And if the Lord should leave us on this earth a thousand more years, a thousand generations from now, they will be blessed. Jesus healed. He preached to the multitudes. He fed the hungry. He comforted. And he showed mercy at Calvary. And the Bible says he was obedient to the death of the cross. And the whole world could be saved. I close with Romans 5.19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So that by the obedience of one man shall many be made righteous I'm so thankful for the obedience that Christ had that allows us to come in to salvation I want you to consider this tonight I don't have to be a millionaire to be a blessing to somebody I don't have to be smart brilliant good looking I don't have to have all my proverbial ducks in a row to be a blessing all I need to do is be obedient to God and I can be a blessing to others. Would you just lift your hands where you are right now? And would you just, just for a moment, 
just reach to heaven. Lord Jesus, I ask you tonight that by the touch of your spirit and, and through the revelation of your word, Lord, I pray you would strengthen and encourage in this place tonight. I pray for those who are heavy in their heart, that are burdened down right now in their spirit and in their mind. Maybe it's their career. Maybe, maybe it's something in a relationship that is burdening them right now to not see their value, to not see how, how pivotal they are in the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray right now, would you strengthen them with the simple revelation that all we need to do is just be obedient to be a blessing. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen their heart and encourage their spirit, Lord, that all we have to do is just be obedient to be a blessing. You're, you're, you're not asking us to jump through a hoop. You're not asking us to do the impossible. You're just asking us to do that which you've already spoke to be a blessing to this world in the name of Jesus. I wonder if there's anybody for just a moment that maybe want to step to the altar for just a moment. Amen. I know it's a midweek and it's a, amen, it's just a Wednesday night. And, and But I'm telling you, I think God's going to touch somebody to leave here and let down your nets. And maybe there's a Bible study. Maybe, maybe there's somebody you can teach a Bible study to. Maybe there's somebody that's sick you're going to pray. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.